1: You can also email the show. The address is sporgi at christophermedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgi, you can click on the PayPal button at christophermedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at christophermedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgi. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at christophermedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. Thebrobasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke Gift Set, or the Junior Executive Gift Basket. Boozless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. Thebrobasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Alrighty, we ready? Let's do it. Is this 39 or 40? It's 39, right? Or is it 38? It's 39? Okay. Yep.
2: Cool. Here we go. Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts.
1: Welcome to show number 40. My name is 39. Chris. Oh, damn it! 39? Damn, we rehearsed <laughs> it before we started. I'm Chris. I'm Rich. I'm the Iceman. Oh, boy. All right. Who are yeah, 39 gentlemen? Dominic Hoshik. There we go.
0: Uh, yes. Yes, he did.
1: That's true. It's going to happen at some time, Merle. You knew this.
0: Ryan Newman. NASCAR.
1: Nothing. I got nothing. No number 39s popped to my brain. I'm thinking maybe somebody in baseball. I don't know. I'm going to use my electronic assistance. Even though I'm breaking the rule. Roman
2: Santiago for the Tigers. I I want to say he was 39. Abdullah in the Chiefs.
1: Armchair GM wiki. (laughs) What a great sight. (laughs) Uh, Soriano award for the Braves in two thousand seven. A um, bunch of Red Sox, nobody we've ever heard of.
0: Uh, oh yeah, I got to mention that. Uh, Roy Camp- Danny Woodhead, what award for the Patriots?
1: Roy Campanella award for the Brooklyn and LA Dodgers. That would be a fairly large name. Yeah, fair, a little bit. Larry Zonka on the Dolphins, Stephen Jackson on the Rams. Oh, that's, that was the hometown team or former hometown team.
0: Not even close to a hometown team. The Rams, St. Louis, Kansas City.
1: Uh, oh, that's true. Damn it! Wow. All Strike right. Strike two. Good night, everybody. Two minutes in. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess we, we got to lead out. We got we got to lead off with some housekeeping. Uh, First things first, Uh, yeah. So so, when we recorded, Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be a Brown, so and Adrian Peterson was going to be leaving the Rams.
2: At least according Vikings. At least according to an article, all three of us saw. Yeah, and just want to point this out. I even went so far as to say, if you guys have any doubt, say it. Don't worry about fucking hurting my feelings because I was sure I saw the article we all saw it and neither of you have any doubts that's all three of us now the fact that this article went out on social media and was obviously taken down and corrected without any type of retraction I mean honestly we're not paying for sports news from an agency or something but still to not even mention that oops we put in—we had to correct an article we put out earlier to me that's bush league bullshit And I mean, there's a difference between misspeaking, because we've all done that, use the wrong first name with a last name when we're talking about players, because there's so many players with the same last name, whatever. Get get years mixed up, stats a little muddled, it happens, half ass sports fans. This pissed me off, because this made us look like we didn't know what the fuck we were talking about. Like, we were literally up here, butt booty, ass open, naked, making shit up just to talk about. And that was not the case. Yeah.
1: Hey, media, let's worry about being correct rather than being first, because then we look like idiots. But, yeah, and then on my part, I, mean, I read the I read more into the Baylor story. Whoops. So, sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, I think we should maybe redefine what sexual assault is. Oh, no, in the Baylor case, it's exactly what we think it is. There's just a lot more. There's a lot, a lot of moving parts in that story, and... Yeah, my bad for opening my mouth for a super informed on the subject. That's right. That's what, like, the first one, like, three years, Rich, I'll take it. <laughs> as far as having to go on the mic and go, whoops. So, uh, If
2: I was your public defender, I could even make the case that we were not talking about that case in particular. We were talking about, on general and college campuses, the culture of what's considered sexual assault is different now. The definition has has changed with the times. I, I would say that we were even speaking about that more so than that applying directly to Baylor.
1: Yeah, after I read this story, I was—I I just personally had the feeling like, oh my god, I—I did—I did not read as much into this as I should have. So yeah, popped off without uh, reading first. Whoops. So yeah, but all right. So that all being done. Uh, so what? What do we start with, guys? What's What's been the biggest
2: story of the last week? Well, unless this is a bullshit story, uh, I, I've seen a few reports that I guess uh, Adrian Peterson has made some noise about he would take less to go to the to New England, the Patriots.
0: Oh, really? Oh, uh, it's too early. To, ooh,
1: but still, man. I mean, doesn't it? Doesn't it get you? Your dick hard a little bit at Earl, especially
0: that being the, your team. It's not my team. It's not even close to my team. It's just me recognizing that we can't fucking beat them no matter what happens.
1: Man, could could have fooled me. Not your team. We have some. <laughs> we
0: have some hella audio of you being very pro New England, but it's just given the respect that's due. I'm not going to sit here and try to deny that they're probably the greatest franchise in NFL history.
2: Well, according to CBS Sports, uh, Adrian Peterson, obviously, we talked about this last week. (laughs) We got this correct. Uh, The Vikings didn't pick up his option. Um, And the article goes on to speak about only a few teams actually make sense for AP and free agency. Now, apparently, he made the statement that he feels he can play five more years in the NFL. He's what, 30? Is he 30 or 32.
1: Yeah, I want to say 32. I know he's north of 30.
2: Okay. Well, anyway, CBS Sports was on to say, a source close to Peterson told the Herald that since AP has already earned a ton, more than $97 million in his career, it's certainly something he'd consider as far as taking a team-friendly contract for uh, New England. He said, but naturally there will be a lot of teams in the mix, including the Vikings, and, of course, the Pats would have to want to bring in an aging back with an injury history, not to mention baggage.
1: Does he really have other than him whooping his kid's ass with a switch?
0: I mean, it's a pretty big bag.
1: But does he really have that much baggage?
0: He does. He has the kid. He has injuries. He has fumbleitis. Uh, you know, there, there's issues.
1: I'd call his injury as a bigger bag than his the hitting his kid with a switch. Oh, well,
0: but- true. But I mean, there's just there's more than just a, a player that got talked to about hitting his kid with a switch.
1: Well, I mean but if I think we talked about this in the chat maybe last even show I mean he just at this point he needs someone that can let him run And New England they're one of those teams they're gonna create lanes for him
2: well, I, agree. I think it'd he be a good fit. Result,
0: by the way uh, I just I really think he can if he's gonna play for five more years if he's gonna play for another year or two uh time is creeping on him and no matter how good of a shape you try to keep yourself in time waits for no man so if he's gonna run find a team that's gonna allow that and get there
2: well i mean uh, what about blunt you got blunt sitting there do you, do
1: you see last week him doing his campaign to stay in new england or some shit
2: yeah that's been an ongoing uh situation with him i know that it's it's gone uh Couple weeks now, at least. Um, I mean, he's a he's a good short yard guy, right? But I mean, he's he's a chew up the clock type guy. Adrian Peterson would be going to an offense that's obviously throw first and n- not built around him. I mean, I guess the two you know the two major hurdles that I see keep be- being brought up in this story is one he'd have to be willing to take less money. He's not going to hold the Patriots hostage for more money. They don't play that shit. And two, he's going to have to accept a reduced role in an offense not built around him or the running game, period. And, I mean, if he's wearing close to $100 million and he's willing to say this through channels, to me this tells me he wants to go for that ring. It's not about a payday with this contract.
0: Well, it's time, I think, too.
2: Well, I mean, he... I didn't realize he made close to 100 million dollars. That's I mean granted I understand, you know, half of that right off the top for tax man and all that other good shit. But you figure with his endorsements on top of it, he's probably he's probably made somewhere close to at least 65-70 million in his career. That's nothing to sneeze at. So I mean, he can take a smaller paycheck. Yeah, time's running out, so he's he's not even like he he can really leverage his I have more miles in the tank to go before I'm empty than you know. He's not closer to a full tank than an empty tank. Is what I'm getting at. But I mean, I I got to give it to him if he wants the ring, and the Patriots are willing to fucking, you know, throw him in there. And if anybody can control having Blunt and Peterson on the same running back core, I think it'd be Belichick. I don't. I I just I don't get the I don't get the Belichick. It never got from him that he's a game player and he's not going to settle for people playing games in his locker room. Even Randy Moss walked the line when he was playing for Belichick. So, I got a little bit of respect for him. I mean, simply as a player, it'd be much easier to go for the payday.
1: No, he wants that Quan. He doesn't want the coin.
2: He wants the Quan. Right? Now, granted, if all of the top teams, for whatever reason, all the top contenders for next season, turn them down, and he ends up taking a huge payday because some team was willing to throw him ridiculous amounts of money, but he couldn't get on the teams who had the best shot of winning. I couldn't blame him in that situation either.
1: Running back for your 2017 Detroit Lions, Adrian Peterson. Well, <laughs> that, that situation.
0: <laughs> One of two. <laughs> he also got Charles to worry about. He's out there. Jamal Charles ain't going to end up nowhere. He ain't going to end up nowhere good.
1: His reputation will precede him. Hey, you want to sign a contract and be injured for most of it? Sure. That ain't happening to him anymore. That happened when he was hot shit in two thousand ten. Hey, it's twenty seventeen and you have proven you are not durable. You
0: are the weakest link. Goodbye. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean I don't know. I, I'm shocked. I, I I honestly didn't think he was gonna make the play for uh, the ring. I figured he would either stay where he's comfortable and, and you know, held up in high regard, which is Minnesota. Or he'd go someplace that was willing to, you know, make sure him and his are well taken care of.
1: Maybe he's self aware. Maybe he's like, I'm 31. I'm not the healthiest. Let's uh, actually try to win this thing rather than go for the payday. And he's probably, and if he lives down south, cost of living down south is cheap. So money probably ain't an issue for him. On, honestly, yeah, he,
2: if he's smart with his money, even if he lives in the uh, as they refer to it in in Atlanta, in certain parts of the country, uh, New York, south of the Mason Dixon, yeah, he can still live at a fairly high standard compared mm-hmm. to if he lived in L.A., Chicago, or New York. So, I mean, yeah, but yeah, I mean that would be interesting. That would definitely. It's not a move that's going to make the Patriots weaker.
0: Yeah. This job sucks.
2: You know, if he turns out to be a, a flash in the pan fizzle, you know, it was like a sexy signing, but it does absolutely nothing. As long as LeGarrette Blunt is serviceable and we know they can draft, we know they can find talent in, in later rounds to fill in and, and be role players, you know, hey, why not go for it?
1: Yeah, I mean, New England's proven. It. I mean, the only person that's still on the first team that won the uh, Super Bowl title only two only two people are still there Tom Brady and bill Belichick I mean everyone's changed around them haven't they? was there anybody that was on that uh, two thousand one team?
2: God no there's except for Gronk and Tom Brady or how long has will fork been on that team Will fork's gone now, isn't he he's yeah didn't they cut him oh yeah that's right yeah he was he was with Houston last season was he yep yeah. okay.
1: So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, just, it's another nod to the system.
0: Well, it, it is the system. It, it could be Adrian Peterson, Blunt. It could be anybody. You know, Jamal Charles, it doesn't matter. Um, the thing is, is what about putting, give this a thought, just give it a thought. What about putting AP in Green Bay? I,
1: didn't I bring that up
0: last show? I swear I did. You did, but you said he could go to any Detroit or any rival to the, the, the division, Detroit, you know, except Chicago. Chicago.
1: Chicago's all set. With, uh, what's his name? Jordan Howard. That, that is the le- running back is the least of Chicago's worries. But no, yeah, that's trust me. There's a need in Green Bay for that. We agree on that point, Earl. I think Christine Michael. He's, uh. I don't think he's your lead back in Green Bay at this point. He's a serviceable backup.
0: He's a tight end that got converted.
1: Yeah, but, I mean,
2: he did all right.
0: Because Eddie Lacy looks like a fucking huge pork chop.
2: (laughs) Guys, I think you can't – I I don't think you can discount – I mean, I don't think it's a driving factor. But I think there's people, especially in the front office of that team, that go back a ways, back to the Favre days, they probably got a little bit of a fucking sour taste in their mouth for the way Favre didn't end around to end up playing in the same division against Green Bay, which is, remember, if you remember when he retired and then unretired and he went to New York Jets, that was one of the one of the leaked from sources big concerns about Green Bay. They didn't, they want to make sure he didn't end up in the same division. So he went to New York, played a season, and then he went to fucking Minnesota. So, if they could get Minnesota's little fucking golden boy to end his career in Green Bay and they end it with a Lombardi trophy, that's just, that's, that's even more sweet. That's the cherry on top.
0: But not, now you can ooh, Chris.
1: I say so much blood will be in the penises in Green Bay if that happens.
0: Because will honestly, besides small parts of their defense, that's what Green Bay was missing. Green Bay was inches away from being. And, and the, the you know, championship game. Yeah, the run game was a shit show this
1: year. There's no way around that one. They were doing running back by committee. The fact that they were signing running backs at the trade deadline or claim people off waivers even, I mean, that, that told you everything you needed to know. It's, yeah, wasn't complete in Green Bay.
2: And, I mean, we tend to forget. We think of only the players on the field as being hyper-competitive. Those guys in the front office, a lot of times they did, they, they, you know, they're former players or they've been around the game for almost all their life. And if you don't think businessmen can be as cutthroat and competitive as football players just because they do it in a different way than the football player does it on the field, you're out of your fucking mind. Welcome to America. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot more There's a lot more money made by stabbing people in the back than there is by shaking their hand and looking them in the eye.
0: I totally agree with you. And as we learned with Peyton Manning, uh, at the end of their career, a great athlete will do everything and anything to win that championship. Yeah. I mean, I hate Peyton Manning. I can't stand the way he runs his offense, but he was a great quarterback. Yep. He didn't have the right team. He went down to Denver all types of beat up and said, this is it. It's now or never. I mean, he was singing Elvis like a mug. And then he went out there and just ripped people apart because he knew it was seriously his last chance.
2: Well, he also did something that took tucking the ego away a little bit. And he became more of a game manager his last season, especially as the season dragged on. You can't say he was the MVP of that Super Bowl. I don't care how big of a fucking Peyton Manning fan you are. I mean, he basically, he, he he did his best Brad Johnson impersonation. Trent Dilfer, you know. Don't lose us the game. Don't fuck up like he did right off the bat in the Super Bowl, like the, like he did in the Super Bowl against uh, uh, Seattle. Omaha! Whoops. Yeah. So, yeah, any other, uh, well, I guess okay. <laughs> staying on the running back tip <laughs> and the Lions in a roundabout way. So, Joe Mixon didn't get an invite to the combine. And... Surprise, surprise. One team that felt the need to fucking make it public that they're upset about that is the Detroit Lions. Yeah. They couldn't just keep their mouth shut and fucking invite him for, you know, an individual workout.
0: Go to his pro day
2: now? Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. They had to come out and (laughs) give all the Lions haters, which there's honestly not that many of because most people are indifferent about the Lions, uh, but the, the few that are out there, give them fuel and say, oh, so you want a woman beater on your team. You're pissed that he didn't get a fucking shot at the Combine. Okay. I'm like,
1: come on to Detroit. Everyone around here, every, 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 one or two guys, got. everyone's got domestic assault. Just come, come
2: on over to Detroit. Work out. See what you can do. And if not domestic assault, assault of some kind. Yeah, exactly.
1: DUI. Possession. Yeah.
2: Well, I just found it funny that listening to a few other uh, sports shows and reading some articles and some comments on some articles on social media that, you know, people are coming out, and it's just... It's still, you know, a big issue with what happened. Apparently, he had an issue with a cop over a parking ticket. The cop was female, and so now the... The people who are looking to push an agenda have been given all the ammo they needed to use to say he has an issue with women. Um, people who tend to look at it as maybe he has an issue with people fucking with him, maybe he has an issue with authority, maybe he has an issue with people slapping him in the face and overreacting. You know, uh, still he ain't doing himself any favors. So, eh, I mean, is he is is he first, second round talent? In you guys' opinion?
1: I really haven't seen the guy play. I'm not going to. i already talked <laughs> out of my ass
2: a few times. <laughs> I mean, especially with the baggage that comes with him. I mean, it seems to me that he, his stock is just dropping. Which, all I mean, look at, the, look, look at it this way. Ultimately, he's going to end up on a team. And if he's better than we're giving him credit for, eventually he's going to get a payday. And unless he has a catastrophic injury that ends his career before he can cash in. So, I mean, I'm not boo-hooing him about losing money because he's dropping in the draft. I'm just saying, I think it's funny that, you know, this is the focus on uh, on him, and he can't get out of his own fucking, he can't even get out of his own fucking way. I mean, it's just, it's like, what the fuck? It's a, you know, it's a Johnny Manziel thing. Do you not know better than to get fucking photographed with Two you know, strippers and a beer in each hand and a joint in your mouth and some fucking club. Come on, dude. You already know the whole fucking country's you know, the, the at least football fans and the sports media's eye is trained on you.
1: Hey Johnny Football's life is trending upward. He said so like two weeks ago.
0: Alright? Yeah, I know. I don't know his life was like Twitter. Him and hey. Gordon Hey, we're trending upward.
1: Hey man. Hey, apparently you know what you know what their problem is? They're not talented. Because Le'Veon Bell the last two seasons, can't put down the weed in the offseason. Starts off as fucking uh, both the seasons with a four-game suspension. Just gets a franchise tag in Pittsburgh last week. So, I mean, Pittsburgh is showing at least. If you, your output is great,
2: don't fucking matter. We'll put up with your bullshit. Well, the NFL, I think, has done a very thorough job of showing people um, that if you are a marginal talent, or if you're on the you're on the bubble, you better fucking walk the line. If you don't, they will get rid of your ass.
1: Yeah, Johnny Manziel wasn't as good. Johnny Manziel wasn't as good as he was partying. If that makes any
2: sense. Well, I'm having a complete brain fart. But who was homeboy who knocked his wife out in Baltimore? Uh, Ray Rice. Ray Rice. Exactly. Exactly. If Ray Rice would have been coming into his peak hit him and plan for somebody. It, since he was on the downside of his yep. career, they wrote him off as a loss and sent him into the sunset.
1: If that would have happened in 2012 instead of 2014, he'd probably still be in the league.
2: So, yeah, don't... For anybody out there thinking they won some sort of victory, don't don't break your hands clapping because ultimately this is a results driven business. And if he's producing, he's going to have a spot somewhere.
0: Mixon's good he, he's not even decent he's good he's good at, at what he does uh he's he's not stand out by any means you know he's not zeke um but he'll get the job done and i think as time progresses with the right team he, he could be he'd be a really good running back but at oklahoma he wasn't i mean i mean it just meant he really was yeah you know it, it it's somebody even without the baggage of the woman He's still seeing the second, third round.
2: Yeah, but if he could have went to the combine and had a fucking outstanding combine, he could have raised his draft stock. A bit. See, a player like him, I would think that the upside of going to the combine outweighs the downside. You know, he's not going to be one of them players that shows up and shits. Unless, I don't know. I mean, it, it's happened. Players have went to the combine and shit to bed and fucked their draft stock up. You could argue that happened to Tom Brady. Tom Brady looked like a fucking buffoon out there running in all the combine shit, and look where he sits now. So... The goat.
0: He was 50 people from being Mr. Irrelevant.
2: Exactly. Think about that. He was a a round and a half away from being just a footnote in history. An answer to a trivia question. So... But, I mean... I. I don't know. Uh, The combine to me, I think Tom Brady looks in the mirror
1: every morning or every night, like, "Yeah, they picked you in the sixth round." That's right. Yeah, sixth round, my ass. (laughs) Like, does the whole mirror psych out (laughs) thing?
2: Oh, if you've ever watched the thirty for thirty about him getting drafted, yeah, it ate at him. I I wouldn't doubt. I don't know if he does it the exact way you're saying it, and I understand, you know, for comedic effect. But I'm pretty sure he fucking let that 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 rock sit in his gut. And just turn over like a bad piece of fucking meat and be like, you know what? Fuck all these teams that passed me up. And no, I, definitely sure
0: think he gets, I definitely think he gets out of the shower and does his best Kirk Cousins appreciation. Detroit who Lions. That? <laughs> Detroit Lions. He was available. <clears throat> just saying. But yeah, but well, we, uh, did, uh, we did. We killed him into it again. He
1: wouldn't be who he was if he'd ended up with us.
0: Exactly. So I'm not going into it again. It's Belichick. It's the system. It's not Brady.
1: Like, I'm I'm starting to be of the theory that if Matt Stafford got drafted by anyone else, he'd probably be in, like, his third or fourth ring by now. I mean, I'm not... Uh, I guess it kind of flies in my face of saying he's elite. I'm not saying he's elite, but just our, our system, I think, is just... It, it doesn't bode well for, like, nurturing talent. It just seems to fucking take you in, chew you
2: up, spit you out. But anyway. I mean, so uh, you think if he was... Because let's take a team that has been has had quote unquote solid quarterbacks, but they've struggled at the quarterback position. First team comes to mind is Arizona, the Cardinals. You think he taken by the Cardinals? That they'd have, they'd have won a Super Bowl with him by now? Probably with that defense. Yeah, I'm thinking so. Yeah. God, if that's if that's the truth, and on top of that, if Matt Stafford thinks like that, that's gotta piss him off. It has to. That has to. Well, to eat eating his
0: craw. If he's but one t- of those guys that wants the ring instead of the payday, some people really do just want the payday, though.
1: Definitely. Yeah, some people are just happy to have been invited to the dance. They don't have to fuck the prom queen. They're just happy they're at the dance, I guess.
2: Well, there's a there's a documentary coming out um called ice guardians about enforcers in the nfl and i don't know i haven't seen the finished product apparently it's been out i can't get a copy of it anywhere so if you if you happen to be connected to ice guardians we'd be more than happy to review it and talk about it you just got to give us a copy here at at Hey, yeah you got in to touch with us
1: before get back in touch with us what the hell guys sent you email let's follow up
2: anyway but um uh you know i don't know if it's going to make if it made the finished movie or or what but i mean there was a couple guys in there that were like they realized the only way they were going to make it into the nhl was by strictly with their fist and guys like that of course they want to win championships of course you know that's their their main goal but i think they also tend to appreciate the fact that they're in the nhl they don't take it for granted they know that you know their job could be You know, they could be downsized out of a job or one rule change or even a rule tweak could put them out of a job at any moment because they just don't have the raw skill as, you know, as as pure scorers to play in the league. So, you know, I I think that's I'm I'm with you, Earl. I I think there's I I tend to I tend to think a lot of athletes are delusional about a lot of things and not that self-aware, but there are ones that are very grounded in reality and very self-aware. I mean, I can name you one who won, who won a Super Bowl, and it's Jeff Saturday. If you've ever seen any interview with Jeff Saturday, it, it, he he walks right up to the line of saying, I lucked into the fucking situation I, I was in. But he, does, he just doesn't come across and say that because I'm sure he'd take heat for it. So that's interesting, though. I never really thought about that. If Stafford was with another team, how many championships would he have?
1: I mean, because you see there, <clears throat> you could see there's an ability there. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't think he's like Tom Brady material, but, like, there's definitely an aptitude for football there. He's not, like, you watch him, and it's not like he's a guy who kind of lucked into his position, but it, it's, it it just, it seems like our system, I mean, how many guys, look, we made Barry Sanders just walk away. We made Calvin Johnson go, nah, I'm good. You know, I mean, we sucked the life out of some of the greatest people who've ever played their position.
2: And don't that's forget, a, that's you had a, a culture, culture
1: thing. That You know what I'm saying? That ain't like luck or anything. That's a
2: culture of shit. You had a lot of players on those 90s teams who were great, great players that were overshadowed by Barry Sanders because he cast such a large shadow. And I mean, Chris Spielman for one. Yeah, and imagine Herman Moore on somewhere other than Detroit. You know, look at you know Benny Blades. He came from the U. That motherfucker had knew nothing but winning. So when he came to the NFL, it was like, what, what the fuck?
1: What you're going lose lost as
2: much in a season in my entire yeah. life? What losing is an option, huh? You know, I mean, that's that's another thing. I I would love to one day sit down with a professional athlete who was tops playing Pop Warner or Little League or, you know, major, junior, whatever, hockey, and then was tops in their high school or, you know, in the college, they get drafted high and they get drafted by a shit team and their career just stalls out there. Just to be like, how did you feel when you walked in that <laughs> locker room when, when you heard that you were picked by them? Because, I mean, I've seen like interview footage of Warren Sapp when the Bucks picked him. And Warren Sapp, his face can't lie. That motherfucker did not want to play for the Bucks, period, at all, whatsoever. I mean, he thought he was, one, he thought he should have went higher because he's Warren Sapp. And two, I mean, he was from that area of Florida. He was like, it was disgusting to watch that football play. His, his exact quote, in them ugly-ass uniforms in that ugly-ass stadium.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, now you're the mayor of Tampa, motherfucker. you probably go anywhere get anything in tampa
0: well rich it's probably like anybody else in this world in this country's economy you go to school for four years you get a bachelor's you're ready to go be productive and get a high-paying job all of a sudden you can't find a fucking job nobody wants to hire you because you cost too damn much so you find yourself working at a gas station or fucking you know mcdonald's somewhere and you're like this is my life now why the fuck did i just do this for four years
2: Because money. Yeah. Unfortunately. Because
0: shelter
1: ain't free. Because they're not just handing out food at the grocery store. (laughs) When you get down to why does anybody really do anything?
0: Right. But if you can't find the people to pay you money, what the fuck was the point? No, then maybe you need to readdress how much you're asking. Maybe you're not. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's how these people felt when they were the stars of the show and. Then they walk into the shit-ass team and their career just is like...
1: Hey, man, the law of gravity applies everywhere, in my opinion, not just to, you know, the the metaphysical or the regular physical. You know, or, what goes up must come down, to me, is a, a general law for everything, for life, for careers, all that existential bullshit. You got to be aware I- of it. As an, I mean, if you're an athlete, I mean... I'm sure some people are are aware of it. Like, oh, all right, well, ride's over. We're heading. We're done. Be grateful for what you had, and then kindly, you know, just kind of walk off into the sunset.
2: Well, I, I can't think of any specific examples, but I have seen it. It's very few and far between, and I've seen it though, where it's the player like I described. It was the top player growing up, top player all through, you know, the NFL draft. He gets on a team. And he has such belief in himself that he's he's going to win. He thinks he can will the team to win and will to change the culture. And when he just keeps losing, you can see it. It's like, That's why I missed the best damn sports show ever, because they'd have clip shows of athletes fucking flipping out And a lot of those was you could see those type of guys in those moments where they realized nothing they can do by themselves could change the direction of that team. Like you just you just see people feel fucking absolutely helpless for the first time and impotent for the first time in their life. Just like, fuck, you know, and to me, if you watch sports and look at it as a metaphor for life, there's no better you're going to find or you're going to be hard pressed to find one better than that. Let's put it that way. Because everybody's had a situation, whether it be a relationship, a family member, a job that you just, on paper, it it clicked. Everything was great, and then now, you just at a a certain point, you had no one to walk away and cut your losses. Yeah,
0: Johnny Manziel was the first rounder.
1: (laughs) I had that with the radio industry. (laughs) But yeah, no, there's uh, definitely uh, there's times where you have to just go, well, this isn't working. This is over. Peace. Sometimes it's got to be you. Sometimes it's got to be the team. Sometimes it's got to be us as your fans. Like, hey, man, this isn't fun to watch you anymore. Please retire. Please. You could
2: argue what happened to Jordan. I mean, yes, there was going to be a crowd no matter what. I remember feeling like that about Jordan. You know, there was there there were, there were people that are such huge fans of that man. There was going to be people that, no matter what, if he was in their town, even if he was playing like absolute shit, like the like the last guy on the bench on a shit team, they would go because it's Jordan. But those people that, that were like, "Oh my God, Jordan's coming to town!" They when they dropped off, they dropped off steeply and quickly. <laughs> And I remember them trying to, like, hype it up when whenever, you know, he'd come to town against the Pistons, and I would see basketball fans who five years earlier would have slapped their mama for fucking tickets, and they're, like, passing up free tickets to go to the game. And they're like, yeah, I'm all right.
1: Yeah, why'd they bring Jordan's old ass to town? It was the old busted-ass Jordan.
2: I saw him in 97. I'm good. You know, that type thing.
1: I saw him... I was, like, 10, 11. So... Eighty nine, ninety. So I got, I got to see him in the Can't Beat Detroit era, but I never got to see him in, you know,
2: the Many Rings era. Oh, I miss, I, you know, I, I, I must have, I got my point. I'm not saying I saw him. I'm saying these were what these people were saying. Who would like, ah, you know, oh, gotcha. What a few years earlier would have killed for those tickets. They, you know, now when they're offered in his Wizards days, they're like, eh, I saw him in 97. I don't need to see him yeah. again. Rhetorical.
1: Yeah,
0: I saw him in his first game back out of his first retirement. That was amazing, by the way. I, but I never felt that way about him. I guess I'm one of those guys that was just like, oh, Jordan. But uh, I did feel that way about Joe Montana. He should have retired in in San Francisco.
1: Should have never went to the Chiefs. They should have went. We're trading you to the Chiefs. They should have went. I'm I'm retiring. But maybe he's one of those like we talked about with Brady. The debate we got into. Maybe he's one of those guys like fuck it. I love I love to play. I'm a competitor. As long as I can walk out there and play the game and get hit and get back up, I will keep playing.
0: A Brett Favre.
1: <laughs> this some guys are they're cut from their claw. Like it ain't about the money. It ain't about winning or maybe it is but it's more about like i like to play this game and as long as i can i'm going to just that just these fierce competitors that a new society is not going to build for us but
2: that's another conversation well anything oh uh yeah the uh the oakland i mean la i mean oakland raiders uh yeah apparently have a uh we got an investor, financial, financial backer, Bank I of America. What could go wrong? <laughs> there's an old comedy bit by Eddie Griffin about uh, he was watching the news and it was a bank robbery and he saw they were robbing Bank of America and he's like, "That's how you know they were stupid. That's like the McDonald's of bank. There's one in every corner." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh apparently there's funding for a stadium for him in Vegas. So I
1: mean, they, they do not want to be in Oakland. Listen, we'll
0: take any of it. Just itching to get out of there. Yeah,
2: that makes me wonder: is that is that holdover from Al Davis and bitterness towards the NFL about the, the, the shit? Is that or is that more of they don't really have their own venue, you know, their own stadium that's really theirs? I mean, they, you know, they share the Coliseum with the Athletics. You know, and they're kind of, now they're not, this last season especially, but for a long time there, they were the other Bay Area team. You know, they went 49ers and then that other team. Unless you were a fan, no one was really giving a fuck.
1: Hey, if Colin Kaepernick wanted to really push his blackness, he could go play for Oakland, right? Since he's into that now
0: uh growing no, his, his,
1: his hair out oh, yeah that's right racism is over that's right read that last week oppression's over
2: <laughs> one thing I'll, the, the one thing i'll give kaepernick so far because yeah i did think it was amazing that as soon as his fucking free agency hits all well i understand everybody well i mean that, that does go back to obviously he knew that he was working for an employer that was going to let him do that for whatever reason and he also must have knew that if he didn't work for that employer other employers are going to go to him, you ain't pulling that shit here. Sorry, homeboy, especially with your fucking record.
1: I mean, it's forced like, from his career standpoint, but at the same time, you like, he, I guess he doesn't realize how much it makes him just look full of shit in my opinion. Like, my principles are willing to be compromised based on I need to keep collecting a paycheck. Which will all do it, but it's just he's one of the he was so pious about it. He was so unbetter um, better than everybody. He's wearing fucking uh, was it Che Guevara t-shirts talking about Fidel Castro had some good ideas, and now he just shown he's fucking got his price, just like everybody else. That's that's, and now he's about
0: to be traded on the open market. And oh, and I'm adopted by white parents. And <laughs> hey, my
1: my principles go as far as making sure I still keep getting paid. Everybody, I mean, that's what he, it said to me.
2: I believe the very first time, the very first time we talked about this, I'm Earl. I'm not even sure if you were on the show. uh the very first time know. Chris and I talked about it. But you came in during week five of the NFL season because you missed the little opening losing streak the Lions, run. So you came back and they started winning. So there you go. There's your serendipity. It's all due to you, Earl. 16-0 this year because
1: you'll we'll be starting at the beginning. Absolutely.
2: You know, hope you didn't wash your underwear from those Sunday games because it's a lucky underwear for the Lions. But anyways. Hanging on my wall. When... When he started that shit, I think Chris and I both agreed that it was really a no-win situation for him in the end because if he did that and he played like shit, which he ended up doing, to where San Francisco doesn't want him back, then he's going to have to risk that doing that with another team or just flat out having teams say, right from the rip, you ain't doing it. So he went the preemptive strike route and said himself, I'm not going to do it. So now it makes him look weak on his principles. So either way, he put himself in. He only has himself to blame. We've covered this topic very well. I'm not talking about before, thoughts on it before. I don't give a fuck about anybody's thoughts about it before because I know him on this show. I'm talking about right now. He didn't think this through. He should have pressed the pause button and been, okay. What happens if this happens? What happens if this happens? Obviously, he likes checkers. He don't like chess. He didn't think five six heads, of, uh, five six moves ahead. Yep, that's on him.
0: No, so. but everybody else around him did. Everybody that supported him did. Because nobody took a knee. Everybody put their fists in the air. They you locked know. their arms. They locked arms. Right? Yeah. They, you know. Nobody sat or took a knee when the National Anthem played. So everybody was like, I like I guess we're I, with you, but we ain't with you, motherfucker. I had no problem
1: with him taking the knee. It's still a sign of reverence. I had a problem with him being so goddamn fucking pious
2: about it. That's just my whole... I, well, now, okay, look, here's the deal. Trump won, so the people who were like, fuck him and his fucking newfound fro for fucking doing this, you won, Okay do us all a favor for the next X amount of time we talk about this subject. If you're in that crowd, be a good fucking winner for once in your life. Now let's move on. Here's the problem. It was how it was also reported. Because remember when it was being reported that there was a rash of high school teams that wouldn't stand for the national anthem and threats from college teams? Go back and look at those reports now, not through the, the, the lens of emotion at that, that Stupid ass fucking story stirred up in us. But go back and look at them as factual. It is literally a handful of teams. Once again, congratulations, America, you simple motherfucker. You Forrest Gump of the fucking Western Hemisphere. You got played by the fucking media. They set you up. You bent over, spread your ass cheeks, and said, don't even spit on it. Just bury that veiny motherfucker to the base. And they did. (laughs) And you know what? You turned around and slopped the shit off their dick and asked for fucking seconds. So fuck you if you fucking think this is some sort of victory. We got sold a bunch of bullshit based on childish fucking emotions. Congratulations, assholes. So stupid. So dumb. This is what I'm talking. These stories were fucking non-stories that didn't need to be covered. But no, no. They're going to push this shit because we're going to get a reaction from it. Fuck you people. Fucking media scumbags. As so, I'm in the media,
1: you're not allowed to still. run videos here anymore.
0: Yeah. So, so Rich, how do you feel about this? I'm yeah. I'm not idea, mad. At, I'm not mad at. I'm not look.
2: I'm not. I'm not mad at the people more so than just anybody with half a brain. Anybody that's capable of critical thinking should have been like, "This is a bunch of horse shit. Anyways, it's an emotional issue, and no one's gonna react from fucking anything but emotion. And anyone who tried to interject cold hard facts. Logic and reason into the equation was shouted down by the people who were riding that that high wave of emotion. All right, it was it was it was a non-issue at that point because it it wasn't going to be solved. And the fact that they went and started digging up some team in butt fuck Kansas to fu- that they, they said we're not going to fucking stand. We're going to fucking take a knee too, a team that will never play for a state championship and sent a camera crew out there and interviewed everyone like it was the fucking Super Bowl about that, says all I need to know about fucking how the media in this country loves to stir the pot. And that's it. So for all these people who are saying we're tired of of politics in our sports, well, you should be really tired of politics in your sports reporting. So let me see you get as angry about that as you did about him kneeling. And if you don't, you can shut the fuck up and accept you're a hypocrite. That's where I'm pissed at the fucking people. Rest of it goes to the media. They fucking know better. Sorry, didn't mean to get off on a rant.
1: <laughs> it's like they should and that bake. Sorry for yelling. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no, I hear you, man. Because when I saw that, I was like, ain hey, like you just showed everyone you're full of shit." There you go, dude. Like every every word you say is now empty.
2: Next, hey, ain't that, that's my attitude on it.
0: The only I, I remember could, saying that when he did it.
2: The only thing he can do to try to fucking cover his ass and maybe win back some people who are like, man, you're kind of looking suspect right now, is if he keeps pumping as much money as he was pumping last season into the into the, the stuff he was pumping money into, into the charities and educational stuff he was pumping money into, now that he's not doing taking his stand. Because then all he has to do is go, I, I, I let my actions speak now. Look what, you know, my, my record's out there. Look it up. That's all he has to That's all he can do to save face at this point.
1: Look that shit's up. But, well, we'll see. We will see. Pretty much like with everything. Uh, so we talked about what? The Combine.
2: We talked about... What else? Oh, I got, a, I got another little mini rant here. Ooh. Maybe you, you can you can, you can can clear this up Uh-oh. for me, Chris. What is this ESPN Insider shit when you click on an article to go read it?
1: What do you mean? It What, is it telling you to sign up for the Insider? Yeah. Oh, I don't, it's some fucking server. It's some way to suck like six bucks a month or something out of you. I don't know.
2: So it is a pay to read the... It's ESPN. Okay, first of all, if I have an ESPN login through my cable provider i shouldn't have to pay to read espn stories
1: i i i I agree that's why they almost had me once and i was about to hit like okay and then i went wait a minute no fuck you i've already got your tv channel and you have a website fuck that
2: what what irks me is that the 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 story would have i felt would have been good at least for discussion because it was every every team's glaring need going into the draft and like the true you know the first one's free then you gotta pay get on your knees you know they showed you two teams and then if you wanted to read the rest of the article you had to pay for it i was like it's some horse shit so anybody out there knows a way around that not that we would do that but you know Just throwing it out there, you know, you plant seeds. They take hold and grow where they can. If anyone knows a way around that, you know, it might not hurt to let people know. So, all right, so second mini rant over with. (laughs) (laughs) Nudge, nudge, wink, wink.
1: I read an article from January that says the biggest need for every team in the draft.
2: Yeah, but that's like reading, uh, you know, the mock draft, the the. The weekend before Super Bowl, but after the last playoff game. You know what I'm saying? It's like, come that's on, true, dude. Man. A lot of shit can change in those next couple
1: months. Yeah, it's true. There's been all kinds of trades and shit already.
0: Well, it's like we started saying at the end of the last season. There are so many needs ac- across the NFL. It's not one position anymore. It's not just a running back or a quarterback or a line. Every position is needed throughout the NFL right now. So I mean, this this draft should be pretty boring. It's going to be pretty straightforward. Well, isn't that the point of of
2: through rules and a salary cap and all the other little you know things they put into the rule book? Isn't that the way they force parity in the NFL and 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 they're and they're doing in other leagues to where they make it so. No matter how strong of a team you are, you're always going to have that one really suspect or questionable position or need. And that's what, that's, that's, when people say, where's the parody, they can point to every team and say, see, every team's got a glaring hole in their fucking armor. You just got to know how to exploit it.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, with the way that the, you know, everybody's getting old, man. (laughs) You know, Jamal Charles, AP, Manning. Brady, they're all getting – no, Ben Roethlisberger, all of the – Yeah, I know, the, but we've, the, we've already covered uh, that,
2: though, dude. And we we know there's up-and-coming players. What I'm saying is regardless of the age of the players, you're, you're either ignoring what I'm saying or you're not getting what I'm saying. The way the the, the, the game is rigged is to constantly make sure teams have a glaring need for something. That, and, it, and it and it forces parity, in theory, at least. And oh, no, I got you, yeah.
0: The, the salary cap and everything, you know, you have to sacrifice a defensive lineman to get a hell of a linebacker. You have to sacrifice, you know, a tight end to get a great wideout. No, I'm with you. I, I am. But moreover, this season than, you know, previous, for, well, for a while now, anyway, there are so many more holes in so many different teams because of Retirements and injuries and other things. So, yeah, I get you with the with the salary cap, but moreover, with everything else that's going on, there's so much need. Everybody, including Joe Mixon, is going to get drafted. yeah But these
2: turnovers in the NFL, don't they? They're not exactly one or two season things. I mean, there's kind of a a window period, or excuse me, there's kind of a window over maybe like a four or five season period where you know you start to see the old guard retire or have to retire or play their way into obscurity and the young guard starts coming up. And I mean what was the last one? I mean that would be like what 99 to 2004.
0: Uh, I would say, yeah, about 97 to 2002 actually. It was Brett Favre John Elway it, that era.
2: Elway was on the way out, Favre was on the way up. You had Peyton Manning come in, you had Brady Manning or Brady uh, Tom Brady come in. Uh, you know, saying that's just Harry we're just Sanders. talking. Well, I mean, I was just uh, just purely quarterbacks. Yeah, you had a lot of the the old, you know, the quote unquote old guard, you know, going. All right, it's been real, it's been fun. See you later. So, I mean, that might be we we might just be in another one of them cycles, man. We might be so smack dab in the middle of it that we don't realize it's been going on for a couple of years. I mean, I I don't know.
0: Nah, I think it's pretty I, much it just starting. <laughs> if you want to look at just quarterbacks, we've talked about this: Drew Brees, um, Tom Brady, but he won't quit. Why would he? Ben Roethlisberger.
2: I think last season. I think last season, uh, uh, Calvin Johnson walking away, pretty much signaled the the beginning of you know that early two thousands till now era. Kind of you know. Sh- doing their their farewell tour you know granted he come after obviously well after 2002 but i mean he was considered you know the elite for the time he was in there and yeah he went young but we're starting to also see that's also another factor players are retiring younger and younger for every tom brady there's five players from last season granted they don't have name recognition like tom brady but that retired after three four seasons some of them after two three seasons and when they asked him why, they said, because I want to retire when I can still have my health and remember playing the game. That's become a bigger factor. So, I don't know, but ultimately I agree with you about the draft, though. I don't think it's going to be a fucking very exciting draft. I don't see anybody that's like making me stand up and, woo-woo, I want to see where they go. It's just not well, there.
0: No, because you usually see... I'll trade you five draft picks and my number one for your number one. And I'll trade my star quarterback and three years of first-round draft picks for your second and third round. You know, you see a whole bunch of moves. This year, I, I just I don't see it. Everybody needs everything. And I think there was reports, you know, that have been filed that the uh, draft isn't that deep. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of good players coming out of college this year. Uh, that'll do a lot of great things for a lot of teams.
2: Yeah, but there's not that there's not that core of holy shit, guys. That's what I'm getting at. Like it's not.
0: Okay, so uh,
2: talked about football for like an hour. We
1: got any, anything else from the combine and all this mess?
2: Nothing I can think of off the top of my head except for another year we came and went. And I don't give a fuck about what Rich Eisen did as far as running the forty. So <laughs> yeah. He just does in his suit. I think he know he does put cleats on, so Rich Eisen that, that's a nice
1: touch. I think it amuses him and his uh coworkers more than it does the rest of us. I think it was funny, like the first year. I don't, I'm not shitting <laughs> the shit on Rich Eisen because I actually like the guy. I like it, like I think he's funny. I like his show, you know, I, I enjoy him. like he is my first choice for Sunday morning coverage, but yeah, I mean the suit thing, I think it's run its course.
2: He he wasn't, I know he was in at least one, but I think he was in a, maybe a few Adam Sandler movies, usually playing a cop or a fireman or something like that. He strikes me as that type of guy that like, it, it, Adam Sandler movies are made for him. So it, it makes sense that every year he gets out there and runs, you know, <laughs> runs at the combine. <laughs>
0: Do a broken lizard type shit.
2: Yeah, just for some reason it fits his personality. Like he just seems like he's a beer and a shot type guy, that enjoys like the humor that's seen as a little off color these days, you know. I think. I mean,
1: he did do uh, stand up for a minute. He says when he was younger, before he got into sense, broadcasting.
2: Yeah. Well, if I remember correctly, he—I want to say—he was in the remake of The Longest Yard as one of the cops that busted him to for, for Adam Sandler to go to prison. And then I want to say he played a cop in, I now pronounce you, Chuck and Larry. And I think in both of them, he said some politically incorrect lines, but they were funny. So, he, you know, he gets a pass because if it wasn't funny, that's Dude, that, a bigger sin. You that know?
1: Chuck and Larry movie has its moments that are fucking hilarious.
2: Dude, no shit, man. I'm sorry. Ving Rhames in the showered i man, every what? woman. Dude, that had me dying, bro.
1: No, the, the scene that had me dying was initially when they first got inspected, and he was like, oh, yeah, we're, like, so gay. It was just cocks and balls flying everywhere. Like, I don't know, maybe I was super high that night, but I was when he, dying laughing.
2: When he goes shopping, and they're putting what they think is gay things in there, and they find the Wham! record. <laughs> <laughs> the mothership.
1: <laughs> oh hey did you hear that they uh released george michael's uh, official cause of death uh they said natural causes from heart disease and a fatty liver so thinly veiled drugs like drug abuse the 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 effects from drug abuse killed them because that's what yeah. you get when you beat your shit out of drugs i mean the, or at least the drugs he liked
2: You know, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's along the lines of drug abuse, but it's sports related. Last week when we talked about the, the, uh, the trans, uh, wrestler who was forced to wrestle females, one of the things that Earl, you kept bringing up that for some reason, I don't know if it was, I was hearing you wrong or I just wasn't hearing you for whatever reason. Uh, you, you were like, you know, look, here's the deal. She's on hormones, or he is on hormones. Those you can't take and wrestle, period, if you're the same sex, so why should he be able to wrestle on them? What's interesting is, it didn't fully hit me what you were that you were bringing that up until I listened to Howard Stern's interview with Lance Armstrong about him coming back to cycling after his cancer treatment. And how a lot of his, the the, the things they did to bring him back up to shape to get into cycling are now banned in cycling. But at that point, it was like one of those gray areas. And it makes me think, okay, yeah, he admitted to using performance enhancing drugs, but seems to me he kind of had an unfair advantage. I know it's weird to say that coming back from cancer, but if they were doing hormone replacement therapy on him, because he did lose a testicle, wouldn't that give him a at least some sort of, on paper, edge over his competition?
0: Absolutely would. Absolutely would. And that's why he had to vacate his wins. But you know what? Good on him. Because he beat cancer. And, and I don't care if it was performance enhanced or not. Good on him, okay? The thing I was talking about is the exact same thing. You're absolutely right. This guy uses testosterone and hormones and all kinds of things to make his transition and it's there's no level playing ground that you're ever going to be able to compete on not on a football field, not on a wrestling mat, hockey rink a bicycle you're just going to be superior no matter what you do because you're injecting yourself with that
2: yeah and it really drove it home like I said when I heard the Lance Armstrong interview and I was like Yeah. Why did that never get brought up at the time? It was because it, these were separate, this was separate stuff than what he did and admitted to as far as doping. This was stuff that was given to him in the line of his treatment. And unfortunately, it was something that once they said, once they actually thought about it, it was giving him an unfair advantage, at least on paper. I don't know how much, I know that. His cancer was bad. I mean, he, it, it, it metastasized and it spread throughout him. So, I mean, he went through some rigorous chemo to get rid of that. I've been, you and I both, Earl, have, have seen cancer firsthand when it's like that. You know what I'm saying? He, we know what they go, what people go through with the chemo and the radiation for that. So, I mean, he went through, according to the interview, three-month cycle, I guess you would call it, and it was pronounced cancer-free and has been ever since. So they must have been that must have been a really aggressive treatment and that must have kicked his ass. That I mean that's but yeah, still, once again, you're getting something that other athletes aren't getting even though it's in the line of treatment. Maybe he shouldn't even have raced while he was getting that while he was recovering from his cancer
0: treatment. Now now see, you're right. You and I both have had our had our stint with cancer and and, and watched people The difference with me and Lance Armstrong, with me and probably any other athlete is, you didn't know if he had time to race afterwards or not, bro. Okay? And if that was his time, then that was his time. If people want to look at it and say he cheated, well, maybe he did. Maybe he did. But death was literally knocking on that man's door. Look, I I understand. No, no, no. What what I'm saying saying is
2: he himself has said there was a difference between the drugs he took once he was cancer-free and the drugs he took in recovering from his cancer treatment.
0: No, I got that. Okay. But even with the cancer-free, quote-unquote, and taking the hormone replacement and the PEDs, this isn't Barry Bonds trying to hit a home run record. This isn't a kid making the choice to go to become a man because he doesn't like boobs or whatnot. This is a man that looked death in the face and said, oh, shit, went through hell of treatment, and then came back to compete in a sport. The only reason, the only reason I'm okay with it, because it doesn't matter now, he's vacated his win. The only reason I'm okay with it is because he had to face death. So, yeah, if after he was cancer-free, and after all the, you know, replacement hormone, and he used some PEDs to get back to what he used to be, it wasn't his choice to lose it in the first place. And good on the man. At least he lived the way he wanted to live at the time.
2: Well, he's paid he's paid a heavy price according to an interview. And I'm not talking just about endorsements and money. I'm okay. talking about he was so adamant about going after anyone who accused him of doping even bef- and there was and there was accusations before he ever was diagnosed with cancer. Let's not forget that. I understand that it's a very emotional issue, and some people are going to see it through that, that lens. And that's fine. All right, whatever. But he was a bulldog about attacking people and su- suing people for slander when really they were telling the truth on him, you know. And to me, that's where he, that's where, it, when I heard his apology, I was like, yeah, you better be contrite about that shit. Because that has nothing to do with the sport. That has nothing to do with, I saw death, and I, w- I got scared, and so I panicked and did anything I could do to feel alive. No, that is, you know you're lying. You know you're not telling the truth, and you're willing to fuck someone else's life up and drag them through court in the process and all the money that comes along with that on that lie. Well, so that's actually, where that, it kind of is, me, that's, To me, that's his biggest... that's his bi- biggest faux pas in the entire thing
0: again ju- and it's just me in my opinion I excuse that and I accept his apology because they were trying to take away the one thing he wanted to do before he died and he was damn near there you know and so what if he did use him so what the man's about dead he has to go through so much shit that you know most people don't even want to think about, even after they've seen it.
1: Oh, I'll say it then: don't compete. I mean, it's oh, God, oh, man, I sound like a cold, heartless motherfucker right now, but like just because no, you you're going through something that could kill you doesn't mean you should still compete. Then, like, pull yourself out, do what you got to do, and then jump back in the game.
0: I mean, I it, I agree with you. A hundred percent. He shouldn't have. Look, but at man, the you, same you, time, the, the the whole journey of Lance Armstrong is so very, very inspiring to me. Uh, for the listeners who don't know that I haven't made clear to, I lost my wife at, at her ripe age of 32 to skin cancer. It only took her th- three months to, to kill her. And to watch somebody go through what he went through and come out the other side and still, with PEDs or without, whatever, whatever he did, and able to make that much of a leap, I have to tip my hat because I've been far too many times at the other end of the spectrum when they didn't make the, the climb back.
2: And ladies and gentlemen who are listening, this is what's known as a no-win situation for anyone who says anything contrary to what Earl just said. This is one of those situations we love here in America now and it's no through no fault of your own Earl don't please don't think I'm I'm putting this at your feet it's just the nature of of, well I guess human nature I mean I, I can think of five arguments to throw out but it, you're speaking from a, a personal point of view about a subject that's very personal to you and I guess as much as I'm not a fan of self-censorship or whatever this is one of them subjects that's just like you know what if anybody if anybody's listening thinking why aren't they jumping why why you know Rich and him go at it like fucking two rapid pit bulls all the time why ain't he fucking jumping in there it's just not a subject that I feel fucking it's worth ripping scabs open so i guess if you got a problem with that you can call me a hypocrite send your hate mail to christophermedia.net sportge whatever the fuck Christopher oh media. At christophermedia.net
0: No, see and here's the thing
2: i am okay wife with admitting that you guys are argue with me be more have to argue with
0: correct you. Completely right. He shouldn't have competed. He cheated. Shouldn't have competed. I get it all. And, and you're 100% right. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying I absolutely love his story because of the journey the man made. I and that's understand, a personal dude. thing for me.
2: Okay. I, I have people that I'll never meet who have, in some way or another, affected my life, whether it be through entertainment, art music whatever who have went through stuff and they did a lot of horrible shit until they got their act together and i give them leniency because i know a lot of people in my personal life that have been in some deep you know shit as far as addiction or whatever and what they did and i've seen people be contrite and genuinely have remorse for what they turned what they turned into when they were in the grips of that addiction. So I tend to go, okay, I'll give you a second chance a lot quicker than on a lot of other subjects when it comes to that one. So we all have our something. I mean, that's just all there is to it. It's just, I I feel like I was tentative to even bring up the subject to be honest with you because of of the personal nature. But at the same time, I don't think there's a need to sit here and fucking go tooth and nail back at each other over this subject. Like I said, Anybody that's fucking listening has got a problem with it, whose wife didn't die at 32 of cancer, feel free to fucking email. I'll argue with you all day. Because as far as I'm concerned, if, if you if you haven't been in that situation, then I'm not ripping off scabs in your case. We're just having a debate. So
0: Well, well, not just Lance Armstrong. Eric Berry for the Chiefs. He did the exact same thing. He didn't use P- PEDs. He did it all natural, supposedly. You know, Nobody has any evidence to the contrary, and I'm not going to start it now. And now he's getting paid. So
1: that is karma. You don't believe in karma. Look at Eric Berry's situation. That that might be some evidence for you.
2: Well, no matter what, it's it's an interesting subject, and it has science and the ability for people to bounce back. I mean, because this, look at Mario Lemieux. He retired because he you know, due to leukemia, and then he came back and he still played at a fucking ridiculously high level. And no one thought he was gonna be able to do that. I mean and the survival rates and the recovery time is just gonna keep getting shorter and shorter the more and more progress we make in these things. And eventually this is going to have to be a subject that is going to have to be addressed in sports, you know. Jim Kelly as well. You know, people people are gonna get sick, people are gonna get treatment And they're going to have to make some rules or they're going to have to tell people you're going to have to sit out until you're done with all your treatments. And if that requires, you know, some form of human, you know, growth hormone or hormone replacement, that is against our, that's on our banned substance list. We're sorry you're going through what you're going through, but as long as you're on it, you can't play. Or they're going to have to make exceptions for those rules. And so... Once again, it's not something we got to go over today because we just be t- dealing in the hypothetical world. But it is something that I feel is going to come up in sports sooner or later. same way as Tommy John surgery was controversial when it first, you know, came into the professional baseball. You know, oh, is he going to be able to make it back? And then when they saw pitchers come back from it, and some pitchers, more so these days, come back and pitch even better than they did before and have a stronger arm. Now there's, there's a school of thought in baseball that the sooner you blow your arm out, the sooner you get Tommy John surgery, the more the more it benefits you in the long run because it almost strengthens your arm in a way that naturally couldn't have happened you know and granted it's 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 they're both fruits but it is apples to oranges you know ultimately between that and you know hormones and steroids or whatever for people that need those but we I mean, don't don't shit uh who's uh, Jason Johnson used to pitch for the Tigers. He was so badly diabetic he had an insulin regulator on the back of his belt every time he pitched. Nice. I remember people used to joke that they thought it looked like a beeper. They thought he was a drug dealer on the mound.
1: Hey, wait, hold up. Hey, hey, yo, dog, it's three and two. I'll hit you up in like an hour. (laughs)
2: Hey, I'll catch you over by Corktown Tavern. uh, Let me get my 100 pitches in. Yeah, I got a full count
1: on this dude. It's like top of the fourth. Like
2: I had to call timeout to make this call. I'll meet you in the state bar across the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the bathroom stall, third bathroom. Don't tap your foot, though. There might be a Republican politician in there. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: back, back to your original thing there, Rich. Yeah. The, the, the difference for me is Lance didn't have a choice. This kid did. Well, look, if you want to fucking debate
2: that with Chris, be more than welcome. I'm not going over that shit again. I, we beat that story fucking to death. Uh, but i ultimately yes if you're given hormones for whatever reason whether you want them or not on paper you are having an unfair advantage given to you and that's all there is to it now how you choose to how you choose to decide which one is a sin and which one isn't based upon whether you need it or you chose it that's to me, neither here nor there. Rules in sports are black and white. It's one of the very few things in life where you can be black and white. Was he safe or wasn't he? You know, did the ball break the plane or didn't it? Was he onside or was he offside? You know, and... Was he in the crease or not? <laughs> the rules, exactly. And guess what? Rules are there for a reason. And if they don't like them, they change them. I mean, isn't that what baseball's doing? Aren't they looking at a bunch of rule changes right now? Chris, you brought that up in pre-show.
1: Yeah, uh, they are, are standby, standby, stand by Seven.
2: Well, I know the intentional walk.
1: Yeah, seven rule changes. They're killing the, the four pitch intentional walk. Yep. Um, they are.
0: Uh, that's a five, huge change, y'all.
1: There's a yeah. I mean, that's There's. We'll run them down, and then we'll we'll go over go over them. By the way, guys, we got like an hour left just to give you a heads up on kind of where my time limits at. Right. Uh. Uh, 30 second limit for a manager to decide whether, uh, cha- whether to challenge a play or invoke, uh, a replay review. Uh, when the manager has exhausted his challenges for the game, crew chiefs may now invoke replay review for non home run calls beginning in the eighth inning instead of the seventh inning. Uh, a conditional two minute guideline for replay officials to r- render a decision on replay review, allowing various exceptions. Uh, a prohibition on the use of any markers on the field that could create a tangible reference system for fielders. Uh, in addition to rule, <clears throat> excuse me, 5.07, formalizes an umpire interpretation by stipulating that a pitcher may not take a second step toward home plate with either foot or otherwise reset his pivot foot in his delivery of the pitch. If there is at least one runner on base, then such an action will be called as a balk under Rule 6.02. If the bases are unoccupied, then it will be considered an illegal pitch under Rule 6.02. An amendment to Rule 5.03 requires base coaches to position themselves behind the line of the coach's box closest to home plate at the front line that runs parallel to the foul line prior to each pitch. Once a ball is put in play, a base coach is allowed to leave the coach's box to signal a player so long as the coach does not interfere with play. There you go. Chew on there, guys.
2: Some of those baseball rules are so much baseball rules. Because baseball rules, to to quote Beetlejuice, read like stereo instructions half the time.
0: Well, yeah, and I would say six out of seven are ticky-tack. That's
2: baseball rules for you, especially when it
0: comes to box.
1: Yeah, but uh, I mean number 1. I mean, you you hit it right there, Ice Man. I mean, that's huge. Known more intentional walk. How long's that been around?
2: I, as far as I know, ever since I, if I remember correctly, from living in upstate New York near Cooperstown, there used to be a baseball league that played by the original rules, and the original rules was you had 3 swings, but you could take as many balls as you wanted. And because of the length of the game and guys being up there being picky, they impl- they implemented the, you know, four balls as a walk, three strikes or three swings and a miss, or th- two fouls, foul offs, and a, and, a, and a swing and a miss is, a, is an out. So that's got to at least be over 100 years. And I mean, for anyone who goes, I don't see what the big deal is, pass balls, throwing over, under to the. To the to you know, wide of the catcher, throwing too much and catching too much of the plate and having a player fucking hit the ball, which Miguel Cabrera has done, at least he's the last one that comes to mind. I know it's happened a few other times also. Um, you know, all those things. If you have a runner on third and you're doing an intentional walk and it's a pass ball, that's 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 a that's a run right there. That could decide a game. Now you're taking that variable out.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a strategy thing. It was a way to not pitch to guys that are dangerous in uh, uh, dangerous situations. I'm using the same word twice, but it, yeah, it's what, what are they thinking here, guys? Is this to speed up
2: gameplay or what? The yeah, m- it's, that's it's what it's under the auspices of that, as far as I understand. I mean, but you also have to remember it was there was a point where. I know what happened to Barry Bonds. I can't remember who else. I, I, I think it either happened to Sosa or McGuire when, when they were going through their home run streaks there. But uh, the bases were loaded, and instead of pitch to him, they walked a run in because they, they thought, okay, we'd rather give up one run than him hit a home run, clear the bases, hit a double into a gap, get two, possibly three runs in. We'd rather just you know concede the one run. And take our chances with the next batter. You know that's that's baseball strategy right there. I mean that's that's right there with the double switch. That's right there with relief pitchers. You know, specialist left-handed specialist to face left-handed batters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, that's that's going to be a, a, a. I mean, it's not a game breaker for me. It's not something I'm not going to watch the baseball over. But it's definitely going to take something out of the game for me. Let's put it that way. And why would I mean just why? I, see, to me, those those few seconds they get, because let's say there's, let's just, I'm just I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass. Let's say there's two intentional walks per game. You're saving what? Maybe a total of a minute, minute and a half?
0: Well, not just that. Think about this. They could still intentionally walk them. Yeah, pitch around them. Right. They can't pitch out to them. But but yeah, high, pitch high, pitch low, pitch in.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's you know uh, here in Detroit, um, Mario Mpemba, our our local play by play guy, he's infamous for saying you know that's the uh, unintentional four pitch walk right there, you know when they have a, a hot batter but they don't want to they don't want to give into his ego which is more mind games which is what a lot of baseball is about honestly, but you know they don't want to do an intentional walk, so. You know, they try to nibble at the corners and see if they can get them to swing us some garbage. You know, so that's.
1: And hey, aren't they doing something in the world baseball classic that they're talking about instituting in the league? It's something like an extra innings. They put like a guy on first base or something like that right off the bat. Some shit it's like a, that.
2: It's a, I think I believe it's the minor leagues and it's a runner on second. Yeah, that, yeah. I am. Fuck that. No, I I I think they they're doing it
1: in the world baseball classic because they, they've been doing it around the world and we're apparently uh, one of the last we're last on this train apparently.
2: Doing well what? I know I, I know that uh listening to another podcast.
0: Did we just blow your mind, Earl? <laughs> it kinda. Say that again.
1: Uh it, uh extra innings you start off uh, they start off with the game uh they put a man on second. Oh hell no. It's it's another thing to speed the game up. Uh, starting with the 13th, it is happening in the World Baseball Classic. Starting with the 13th inning, teams automatically start with runners on first and second base. These players are in the two batting order positions previous to the leadoff batter of the inning. In the qualifying round of the 2017 tournament, the extra inning rule will be employed from the 11th inning. So there you go. We're all silent. If
2: they try it, and for whatever reason, the majority of fans don't object to it, which I cannot see happening, because baseball man baseball more than a lot most other sports i mean even sports around the world that aren't as popular here they really rely on tradition that's one of the big cornerstones of that sport and i mean to me this just this is this America's makes you know this
1: pastime
2: this makes giving the american league a designated hitter look like nothing exactly yeah i mean this makes interleague play look like you know nothing This is changing the whole dynamic of a game because once you start getting past, you know, okay, you have your starter. Let's say he goes six. You put your seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guys in there. Say ninth inning guy blows it. Okay, well, your closer is gone. All right, so now it becomes a chess match. Do you put a long reliever in there? If you're in the National League, do do you waste a long reliever knowing that, you know, one and a half times, you know, through the, the batting order, or excuse me, uh, four more outs, you're going to have to replace him for a hitter anyways. Do you put a short reliever in there? Okay, well, will that affect if he can pitch the next day and so on and so forth? I mean, to me, this is, that's taken, it's take, it's it's kind of like the argument for against him, the him the designated hitter. It's taking strategy out of the manager's hands. You know, do I pinch it for my hot pitcher who's in there and we're up by one run, or do I let him go in there and basically concede an out? You well, know, I mean,
0: it it's like it, Bill Belichick always, you know, he he comes up with a strategy no matter what happens, who's there and all that. The baseball pitcher, the baseball managers are going to come up with a different strategy, you know, to work around the not no intentional walk. That's not my issue. My issue is, that's part of the game you're taking out. That's not a rule. That would be like saying in football, you, you can't pitch the ball. You have to literally hand the ball off. If you pitch it, it it's a penalty.
2: What was it? I, I remember reading not that long ago, forward pass was like, what, just instituted in, in, in like the last 80 years or something? I mean, think about that. What's football without the forward pass? Not much. I mean, can you imagine about running that? up the middle? Exactly. It's rugby. <laughs> You can lateral, you can pitch, and that's it. And you can hand off, do a direct handoff. That's all you can do. That's rugby. You know? Yeah. Jerry Rice has no career without the forward pass. So, I mean, and granted, you know, it's 80 years ago, so we look at it like, you know, ancient history. But you look at how long college football has been around and how old those some of these programs are. They played for quite a while without the forward pass. So somewhere down the line, just because we weren't around to hear it, doesn't mean that someone had to be bitching about it one way or the other. I mean, rule changes are never met with you know unanimous praise. That's just that's never going to happen. Someone's going to be bitching about it.
1: All right, guys, here we go. Magic question: How long till intersports play? Huh? Ten years? <coughs> Fifteen?
2: Twenty? <laughs>
0: basketball version?
2: Uh, yeah. Can, you know what? Instead of that, can we just bring back the Rock and Jock from MTV? <laughs> I know, right. Speaking <laughs> speaking of, of Rockin' and Jock, uh, uh, it's it, it, the first is mildly, person to say that in like twenty years. By the way, I know this is mildly sports related, but it's interesting. The apparently the uh, the East Coast West Coast Biggie Tupac beef between Michael Rappaport and Dan Levitard. Oh is, shit! Is quickly reaching, uh, uh, you know, Crips and Bloods. Or, if you're a little less uh, prone to, to the urban analogy, uh, Cuban Missile Crisis status. Mm-hmm. So, apparently those motherfuckers are just going to, at some point, sh- see each other across you know, a WWF ring, rip their shirts off, hop in there, and just start pile-driving each other. Now so It's Rappaport and Levitard like the host, or... Yeah, Levitard, but then it's Rappaport. So, and a couple of Levitards uh, uh, co-host, and uh, I think one of his producers Stugatz. decided Gatz is one of them. His dad. Uh, basically, the whole thing started over. Levitard said a comment about you know how you going to give uh, Magic Johnson, president of basketball operations with no experience. The only thing that got him that, there is his history with the team and, you know, his smile. Basically, he charmed his way into the job. And Rappaport came out and... Uh, I think he took the cheap way out of looking at it. Instead of just attacking what he said, he decided to, to try to throw the, the racism card in there and say, well, why weren't you saying this about John Lynch? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um... And Levitard had some sort of snappy, witty comeback. And Rapport was like, well, what did I expect from, no, 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 excuse me. And then Rapport, Rapp, Michael Rapport, ended it by saying, but what can I expect from a guy whose father is only on ESPN because of him? So, you know, it, it, it basically calling him out, saying if you're going to call out Michael, or, uh, Magic Johnson for getting a job based on who he is and, and charm, then your father should have no business on fucking ESPN radio or television. So, oh, Who's his dad? His One of his co-hosts. Ah. His dad is like the comedic relief. He sits there in and, 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 uh, heavily accented English. Oh, is that rants. the old
1: announcer guy? Is it the Dan Levitard and Stugatz? Yeah. Is that guy?
2: I believe so, yes. Ah. His announcer. So, I I... I just think it's interesting. It's like, you know, watching two guys who love sports but never played try to act like, you know, they're going to have like a uh, 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 Barkley-Lambeer feud. And I'm like, it's just cute. You guys keep going back and forth. Let your Twitter fingers do the talking.
1: But I think, I don't know. I mean, sure. uh Levitard's on the radio every day, but Rappaport ain't a comedian. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to get into a shit-talking war with Rappaport.
2: Seems like he'd win. Oh, he's a good shit-talker. For, from, his, from him being in uh, fantasy football leagues on Howard Stern and hearing how mm-hmm. he goes at those guys, he, he's one of those guys that every single day of the week you get about four emails from him to, talking shit about his fantasy football team and talking shit about yours.
1: Oh, I would love to be in the league with him. I am. I am of belief in my fancy football league. There is not enough shit talking. It's like me and one other dude who just talk shit to each other all year because no one, everyone else is a bunch of pussies.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely one of those uh, big talkers. So,
1: uh, I like that video that uh, you sent about. I'm gonna play it real quick. Rapaport talked about uh, uh, the uh, the highlight reels and the guy's team were making a big deal about a dunk that wasn't.
2: <laughs> yes go ahead and play this shit is it, Last it is night, funny something happened that i hope never happens ever again a guy named willie cauley stein who plays for the sacramento kings who may or may not be jewish if you are shalom mr <laughs> dunk stars! He, just made, just missed yes, he does not make the dunk i've seen so many people get so fucking excited about something that didn't happen the dunk that didn't fucking happen. Watch his
1: teammates on the bench jumping around like chicken heads on Myrtle Avenue. You want to get excited about a dunk? You want something to get your little panties moist? That's a fucking dunk. That's what get
2: excited about. You want to get excited about a fucking dunk? That's a fucking dunk. Don't hashtag make shit go viral that didn't happen. The skinny genification is taking over the NBA, and it needs to stop. Stop bleaching your fucking hair, take off your skinny fucking jeans, and make your fucking dunks. Yo. This-
1: is that is skinny genification, is that Rapport's way of calling people snowflakes?
2: I think so. It's, 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 it's a term I haven't heard before, but it's rather apt because I do notice uh, – uh, at least, like when I'm, you know, seeing the pregame stuff, I'm starting to see more and more skinny jeans. And <laughs> what I love is when they they mix skinny jeans with sagging, because it just looks like they shop. You know, like I didn't know they sold garanimals, and you know, you know, <laughs> with with a, with a sixty-two inseam or whatever the fuck. You know or, what I'm saying? Or <laughs> like, It looks like you shit your pants in your skinny jeans. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: No, but I thought that that's a good point. Like what is what's that what are, what are we doing here people? Like that, what now we cheer a, It looked that miss looked great. I mean, when we were kids, there were lots of misses that looked great. But in the end, it's a miss, so you don't get
2: to celebrate it, right? Yeah, I mean, there was this dime piece I knew in high school and I danced with her and I got you know, she was like grinding up on me and uh yeah, if I'd have been smoother, I'd have probably been up in it, but I wasn't. But, boy, me and my friends celebrated like I did. No, come to fuck out, dude. <laughs> I know, right? Coffee's for closers. ABC, always be closing. If you ain't making a dunk, you ain't got nothing to be jumping up and down off the bench about.
1: Yeah. It's like
2: Roy Williams, the Lions behind by 21 points. He makes a first down. It's, it's a nothing play in the fucking fourth quarter. He gets up and does the first down dance like he's Michael Irvin. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> Jackass.
1: You got nothing to say about this ice, man? It's like in your wheelhouse. Uh, I'm not a Raptorport fan, just not. Oh. So you what you can't agree with? You can't agree with something that somebody you don't like says
0: you know might be right. All right. It, it's it's not that. It's just the fact that I I don't follow him. So
2: ah. Well, honestly, there's not much to follow as as far as sports goes. I mean, I, I'm sure he he does do I think some appearances here and there on ESPN, and I know he does probably more so on ESPN radio but I mean it's not like he's a fucking fixture I don't think he's getting a paycheck from him so you know it, it's just a very passionate sports fan with a very passionate opinion and I'd be lying if I said that when he goes off on rants sometimes I'm I'm not thinking like god damn I sound just like him when I go off on rants <laughs> get the fuck out of here yeah I know right <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, I guess since we're coming around a home stretch here, we should uh, fill in the listeners. Iceman has a theory that he's been putting out for the last couple of weeks. I won't go so far as to call it a conspiracy theory.
1: Oh, you're going to actually give this airtime?
2: Go ahead, man. We can have fun with it. He, he apparently... Just remember, that- Rich,
1: we're building the monster. We we are right now. We, we are Dr. Frankenstein. We have the body up. The lightning storm's happening. This is what this is on us. Just
2: just putting that disclaimer on it. I understand, but like the intro says, we're half-ass sports fans yes. with our half-ass sports opinions. Here's the deal. I think people would rather listen to us argue about sports than agree about it. <laughs> it's That's true. That's why most
1: people listen to. Like I don't listen to people go. Yes, I agree with you. Moving on. <laughs> That's true.
2: Anyways, Earl seems to think that uh, some people around the sports world listen to our show because we'll talk about something, a particular subject, and it'll get brought up on our show, and then four or five days later, boom, it's on the four-letter network or Fox Sports somewhere. And they're taking and, our side. Yes, yes, and and basically repeating in a, in a much more PG, family-friendly way what we said. Um, the latest one being uh, the hockey news. You know, the uh, the weekly, uh, you know, Bible for hockey has come out and said that the product on the ice is boring, which to me is amazing to hear because I, they'd be like, Aren't they Batman's lap dogs usually? I'm sorry, say again. Aren't they Batman's lap dogs usually? Eh i I'd be honest with you I don't know dude it's been so many years since I read it on a regular basis I'm talking pre, pre I'm talking pre mid aughts lockout is saying, the but, last time I read it on a regular basis I,
1: not so much Batman's Lapdogs as they've always had the mentality of like you know what's that movie The Program The Program is good we love The Program D- you well, know? It'd, be
2: like, it'd be like the NFL Network coming out with a, you know an hour long special about how their product on the field is shit but we all know who pays the NFL Network's fucking salaries you know, hockey news, yeah, they do cover international hockey, uh, minor league hockey, I mean, to a much lesser extent, you know, but ultimately their bread and butter is in the NHL, so I think it is interesting for them to come out and say it. I do think, I hope, for the sake of the sport, that they listen, it's not blown off, it's not taken as oh, it was just something they needed to fill a few pages, or you know they needed a, a an article by the you know by the time they went to because I found it online. I'm not sure if it was in a magazine actually, but you know, take it to heart, listen to it because they make valid points. You know, you have some of the most talented players on paper, not 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 in scoring necessarily, but I'm talking, you know, as far as ability. Skating ability, speed, hand-eye coordination, stick handling—that have ever played the game—and yet scoring's only f- a fraction higher than it was, you know, a couple seasons ago, and it's nowhere near what it was when hockey was pretty much at its peak in the late '80s, early to mid '90s. So, you know, the, one of the things they brought up is rule changes, and I guess some of the some of the rule changes that are people are blocking the most at is the size of goalie equipment and i it was interesting reading comments on the article because even people in, and granted none of these people's names i recognize so they probably didn't play in the nhl but the, i take them at their word when they're when they're you know their profile pick is is <coughs> or even worse maybe they have and it's been within well, the last <laughs> five to ten years maybe they have but um You know, even guys were like, "Yeah, you know, I played a little minor league hockey, or I played college hockey, and yeah, yeah, these this equipment's getting out of hand. You know, it's way big. Especially, I guess, the width of the chest protector that they wear is really being called into question because it's just way wider than needs to be. It's it's no longer for protection." And 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 they're saying the size of the trapper, and I got to say something. I noticed that starting you know starting years ago that these trappers kept getting bigger and bigger and floppier and floppier. I mean, it seriously went from looking like you know the virgin you took to prom to the forty-five-year-old chick that you finally settle down and get married to. You know, what I'm saying there was a big difference in the in the size of that glove there. So, I that one I could agree with. Cut down on the size of the trapper.
1: I found that a. Uh Pad for each testicle seems rather excessive.
2: (laughs) Well, I see, but there's already restrictions based on the size of the goalie on the size of their their leg pads and stuff. So why not do the same thing with the rest of the 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 protection they wear and go look? You know, you don't need to go up there with a goddamn neck roll like you're a fucking fullback from 1976. You know, seriously, you're stopping pucks. We're not trying to keep your your neck from breaking because it's snapping back because you're running. With the you know crown of your helmet, straightening a, a gaggle of men trying to kill you.
1: Something so homoerotic about the entire phrase you just said. Well, that's on
2: the next show. <laughs> <laughs> we cover how uh, all of sports is homoerotic, especially from to according to its detractors.
0: Oh, that reminds me, Chris, you do have the the signal scrambled, right? I just closed my wire mesh fence. So.
1: Yeah, gotcha. Nobody
0: eavesdropping on our podcast, you know.
1: Oh, right. it's the second biggest state we get listens. Is that uh, it's out of Virginia? Just saying. Uh, the, you uh, never know. WikiLeaks. Maybe we'll be in that WikiLeaks that WikiLeaks shit for the CIA. The shit that came out today. But
2: that's another I, podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say I do the sports podcast today. I've done my best to only look at sports shit. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but yeah, as someone who used to who used to dick around playing goalie. Granted, you know, not not. not you know, we weren't organized like beer league teams or minor league players. I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Earl? As
0: no, I don't the think the goalie, the, the goalie pads need to be bigger. I don't. I played with some plastic shit on my fucking knees and a baseball glove and a blocker.
2: Yeah, not a first baseman's baseball glove either. We're talking like an, just a you know shortstop infield baseball glove, not that big fucking you know extra fucking mitt. So and I didn't I mean, even
0: have a chest protector, so <laughs> uh, no, I I think the size of the goalie equipment should be regulated. Maybe the thickness shouldn't. You know, if they're worried about their fragile little bodies getting bruised, bumped, whatever. I saw the other day uh, a goalie stopped to puck because it went in his jersey. <laughs> but uh no. Just I mean at this point you're 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 basically putting stay puff in the net. Yeah, and that's what I'm getting at,
2: not the, not, the, yeah, not the thickness of it, but I mean, okay, I believe right now Reebok has the NHL jersey rights, next year it's going to be Adidas, so the jerseys are going to change a little bit, I mean, you know, usually with teams like the Red Wings, you know, the original six teams, unless they're going for an overhaul on their image. Teams that aren't going to change their logo, it's going to be more of the cut of the jersey, the fit of the jersey. I think this is a perfect time to make the jerseys on the goalies a lot more form-fitting. It's not like it's restricting their movement. The pads would restrict their movement if they were... would be more of a threat to restrict their movement than the jersey, is what I'm saying. I'm not talking you got to put the coat on the kid, like from a Christmas story, where he can't even put his arms down, but... You know, some of these jerseys I see these guys wearing, I'm like, God damn, man! I know 800 pound guys that that thing would be loose on. They <laughs> come like with Seriously? a bubble
0: wrap lining. Sh- Shopping a big and tall and shit.
2: Yeah, when your jersey size begins with eight and ends with another number, that's a little excessive. Okay, yeah, that's 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 a little too large. You know.
0: And personally, I like Reeboks jerseys. They need to go back to that in the NFL because they had the fucking embroidery on them none of this Lee Press on shit that fades after 10 washes.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I had one. I had an all-star jersey that was like that, and then uh, uh, I won't talk about it because I'll go into a fit of rage, and I've already done that a few times on this show today. But, yeah, I it, I guess they're reviewing the offsides rule as well. Um, that one, I'm like, eh, I don't think you should really touch it that much. I don't... Sadly, I don't really have a whole lot of suggestions to improve scoring or to raise it up. Uh, I believe they said it's like five and roughly every game's averaging around five and a half goals per game. You know, whereas I remember a time when it would be you know a five-three game was the average. You know, back in the you know eighties, nineties, and now you're talking about a game that's averaging between both teams, five and a half goals. You know, if the rule changes you implemented are getting you these results, logic dictates you need to re- to revisit the rule changes that you've made that are getting you these results. That's just all there is to it. So they have Sir, to do to. Are do you saying
0: higher or lower?
2: If they want scoring to go up like they keep saying they do, they, they, they implemented rule changes in 96. They implemented rule changes after the lockout in the mid-2000s, and scoring has continued to go down. I guess it's kind of plateaued in the last three seasons to where I think this season scoring is higher than last season but not as high as, th- as two seasons ago. But it's, I'm talking like, you know, hundreds of a point. I mean, barely noticeable. So if they want blowout games, if they want 7-5 games, you know, 9-6 games, they're going to have to open the game up, maybe increase the size of the ice. I've heard a few suggestions that were being thrown around that if a team's on a power play and the team that's shorthanded scores the goal, that automatically ends the power play for the team they got scored on. A couple changes to overtime rules. Um. Which I mean, they've 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 tweaked. I mean, we went to the shootout, and then now it's three on three overtime. You know, I don't know what more you can do. I, I what are you, you going to have one on one hockey out there? No goalie, a garbage can. You know, <laughs> just put just put a garbage can in each net and drop the puck at center ice and let them guys like you know
0: Listen. slug it out
2: one on one. I don't know what else you can do. man. We start all games at one one. All
1: right, And go take some cues from baseball now.
0: <laughs> Rich, I remember talking to you at the beginning of the season that the hockey scores look like baseball scores.
2: Yeah, well, the stats across the, the season so far, that didn't continue. I mean, that's, I'm going by the NHL's own stats. So for, I guess for, for games we were watching, we must have been watching the high-scoring games, and, and the other games must have been some real low-scoring games. I don't know. I happen to watch the Red Wings, and they are officially – out of the playoffs, I believe. Oh, there it is, everybody. So they're you know everybody's scoring on them. Those it seems like it it seems like those games and on top of it, it really does seem like they, they their record in overtime is horrendous. So it seems like that's where they lose the games to me. So I couldn't really tell you what the rest of the league looks like because I don't have access to it. Thank you, NHL. Thank you for not being on a national sports network so for once a week. I appreciate it. That's another way to get some excitement in your game. Actually let people watch it. Find a way to, to get it into people's houses without them having to actively search it out. Uh, don't treat the NHL good. like it's like it's the NFL to where you have to pay $300 a year for some, fo- s- some silly fucking package. And then regulate that package awesome. only. To satellite and and one or two cable providers, Uh, you know, just, hey, if you want people to watch your sport, you got to make it accessible, especially when they're not clamoring for it.
0: That'll never work.
2: Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I would really like to see the subscriber statistics for center ice outside of Canada, because I guarantee you they're really low.
1: Is there still an NHL network? Yeah. And it's on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, I
2: believe they might go to, like, paid program in the middle of the night. Like, a lot of... Oh, someone's telling us the shark? uh, Like, uh, as a a lot of, you know, lower-end... The the ninja. ...pay pay stations go.
1: What's the one now, the Copper Pan?
2: Uh Yeah, well, I don't know. (laughs) Last one I saw is the one, supposedly, that you can make bacon cupcakes and... Fry eggs in, and, and it cleans up easy. Just wipe it out, and all this good shit. And I was like, wow, another piece of equipment that Bacon. I gotta buy that no one's gonna use. Wonderful. Bacon cupcakes. I wanna make those. But yeah, I, uh, you know, I just I don't see I don't see what the NHL can do besides looking at the rule changes they've done, they've implemented, and seeing the results, and going in the opposite direction. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen.
1: They have a new I team think, in Las Vegas. It's going to save everything, Rich. You just watch.
2: Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I saw this is this is not as guys truth. I saw an article about their first roster move, and I couldn't tell if it was a satirical article or for real. But the article said the Golden Knights make their first ever historic first ro- roster move, and it was a picture of the player that supposedly they signed. Playing Magic: The Gathering. Apparently, he's known as an amazing Magic: The Gathering player. That wasn't an Onion article. I have no idea. I saw it. That's what I thought. I was like, yeah. if it's not, that tells you how much they're fucking scraping the bottom of the barrel when they're talking about, you know, their first ever roster move is a guy who plays a fucking card, you know, collectible card game.
0: Rich, I think he hit the nail on the head. I don't think it's scoring that's the issue. They, they, they want to get scoring up so they get more viewers, and that's going to make the sport better, but it's not. you got to be able to view the sport to get viewers up. Exactly,
2: and, if, and especially if you're not in an NHL market, there's if you want to get interest in, traditionally, in, in non-traditional markets for that sport, it has to be there. And that doesn't mean it's on one night a week on N- uh, NBC Sports or it comes on Sunday in the afternoon when hardly anyone's watching TV on NBC, you know, the flagship station. It has to be on an ESPN, something like that, a Fox Sports, and not just your local team. Because I guarantee you, guarantee you, as much as it breaks my heart to say this, with the Red Wings being such shit this year, this is going to be, during this playoff run, I'm going to see a lot more people who were, quote-unquote, diehard Red Wings fans cheering for Crosby, cheering for Ovechkin, cheering for who the fuck ever in the playoffs, Chicago. And you know, if you grew up a Red Wings fan, if you were rooting for Chicago, not because one of your favorite players was traded there or something, but you're just rooting for the entire team because the Red Wings aren't in it, you're not an old school Red Wings fan. That's just all there is to it. Because those teams and fan bases despised each other for a lot of years. I mean, really despised each other. The point where I think you go when they play when the Wings play in Chicago, they still chant Red Wings suck. It's just now they're accurate about it. <laughs> Whereas before is <it> bitterness. <laughs> well yeah, that's that's about all I got. I, I can't I can't. I, at least this week, I can't donate any more of my vitriol to the to the NHL because they just keep digging their own hole and then turn around, and look at the fans, and go, "What'd you expect us to do?" And it's like, I don't know, not dig a hole. How about that, we'll start with that.
1: Uh, hey, uh, for the record, um, the uh, first move that the uh, Las Vegas team made was signing a player named Reed Duke, who shares the same name of a prominent Magic the Gathering player.
2: That's what that was. Okay.
1: The the Magic the Gathering player on uh, Twitter uh, tweeted uh, March 6th. So uh, yesterday, uh, uh, when this podcast is posted, uh, Monday at 530, it says, Wow, 50 million notifications about the other Reed Duke, parentheses, hockey player doing something awesome, staying off Twitter for a while. So there you go. We researched our own fake news. You are fake news. Live on air. There you go.
2: I've got to tell you something, if you're an NHL fan. It, they, they could actually get that mixed up. And the fact that they're reporting on how much of... I, the this, fact they're reporting that the, he shares a name with a Magic the Gathering player and this, not the fact that he's their first roster move ever.
1: My source is NHL.com on the page for the Vegas Golden Knights. Which well, is that's per- exciting. Apparently the name they're going with. Their logo looks dumb. Looks like fucking helmet of the fucking Black Knight from the Holy
2: Grail. <laughs> so every time someone gets fucked up, they're just going to get up Tis but a scratch.
1: Yeah. Your arm's off. No, it isn't. Well, I mean, we're in that society now, right? <laughs> you apparently can stick feathers up your ass and say you're a chicken. To paraphrase you there, Rich. We're there now.
2: Apparently works, yeah uh
0: yeah read
1: that. i can get a little bit more time if we got anything else we got about 20 minutes you got anything there ice man you wanted to hit
0: no just that uh selection sunday's coming up
1: oh uh, yeah uh we're gonna do our brackets uh, i was telling the ice man uh, before you joined us rich i think i'm gonna download the espn or yahoo or something map and just do like a private league with the three of us that would probably be the easiest way for all of us to do a bracket and then Keep track of it all, as far as who is where and all that. Let someone else do all the math for us. All right, yeah. Next week we'll do our big, uh, our big, big March Madness
2: special, if that's what we want to call it. And as and as you ask me who my who my what my bracket looks like, I'll be literally letting the ink dry right before you ask me that question.
1: Yeah, three guys who pay attention to college basketball, like four weeks out of the year. All right. This should be, this should go well. Although I always, I pick, I pick legacy, man. There was a, a couple of years ago, I picked UConn or Kentucky or something. It was probably more than a couple of years ago. And I ended up winning. And people are like, you motherfucker, you don't know what you're doing. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing enough to win. Broken clocks,
2: right? Twice a day. <laughs> yeah. So
1: a big March, man. And then two, we got the year anniversary coming up. That's happening in a couple of weeks. Yeah, all 12 of you who listen, you're going to be juiced for that, huh? <laughs> but uh, I've been pretty geeked, too. Uh, baseball alerts have been coming across my phone all the time.
2: Yeah, and by the way, last week when we were talking about the home runs that, that uh, Jesus Tebow Christ hit, they were in batting practice, okay? Yeah, I know, I, right? Really, this is really Mets. Really? Apparently, the report from from spring training, Mets spring training, is there's more T boat jerseys for sale than Curtis Granderson jerseys for sale. two years
1: ago, you're in the World Series. Why are you? Why the need for the circus act,
2: Mets? Keep it, keep it up, and you'll always be little brother. That's all I'm gonna say. Ooh, shots fired
1: from Queens across to the Bronx. Oops. Certain beef. Uh let's see anything else and while we were on the air. Anything earth shaking? Anything we're talking about? Anyone get arrested? A Rod.
0: No, not really. <laughs> Romo's taking the uh the stand of ABH.
1: Anywhere but Houston? Here. Oh. Arod signed some deal with Fox.
2: He's gonna be a full time analyst. You know, surprisingly I've heard <sighs> Outside of so anonymous short, uh, anonymous social media, um, which is pretty much I just chalk up most of that to trolling. I've heard very little like shit talking about him as a fucking on air personality.
1: Actually, he's in been bad. Exactly,
2: that's what I'm saying. Like I've I've heard more praise for him than anything. So.
0: I mean,
1: but if the line for but think about it though, the line for celebrity broadcaster is low, and I think it starts at Magic Johnson. I mean, so you you do better than Magic. I mean, (laughs) you're doing all right.
0: Come on, now Shaquille O'Neal, really?
1: Shaq can be entertaining in his own right. Like Shaq, Shaq's Shaq's got that going for him. Let's say, like Magic Johnson, like. He's like legendarily bad as a color man. Not colored,
2: as a color man. <laughs> Glad we cleared that up. Dude, I got you guys beat. The only problem is he didn't go into sports. He went into entertainment, and that's Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan, I I don't know how he has a career in media. I don't know.
1: See, outside of his Subway commercials, I'm not familiar with anything but his work with football. Like I see him on the the uh, when they do the sports um, uh, when he's on Fox, you know he's in part of the Super Bowl coverage and all that, or the the Sunday or the Detroit games where Fox runs them. I, he seems in his element doing sports, but I I haven't I what the fuck would I watch Kelly
2: Ripa for? Forty year old man. <laughs> like, well, that could be your argument why you watch Kelly Ripa. I'm just saying his enunciation. Makes Donovan McNabb look like John Gillgood. Okay, so it, and there's a lot to be desired there.
0: And at six o'clock, I said that before with you guys. The ESPN shows ran by. He said, she said, Mike and Jameel. That's not a good thing. See, I but I like both of them. I don't have no, I don't have J- I, I don't have
2: cable at the moment, but and I haven't I haven't caught the show in a long time since it was on a different time slot. And they used, I, I, if I remember correctly, it used to be on ESPN Radio. They had a show on their own. And they seemed like they were good together. Good chemistry. She knows her shit. You know, he's somewhat amusing at times. So, I mean, how does it, it not
0: work? It, it just, all of that kind of went away. Now they're now they're trying to do it, like, way over the top.
2: Is it coming off as silly? Is that what you're saying? Like
0: It just comes off as boring, silly, just. You know, I guess I'm old school through everything, including broadcasting. I, I, I like, you know, booyah and replays and show me what happened in the sports world. I don't want to hear all this song and dancing and jipping and jiving. Just tell me what happened.
1: See, I've been checked out on the afternoon shows because about the, the mid 2000s, they started taking their cue from like Fox News and it turned into like six guys yelling for an hour. And I, I, really haven't watched any since.
2: Uh yeah, that's that's those like "pardon the interruption" around the horn type shows, right? Yeah, it just it seems like eh, whatever.
1: I'll watch SportsCenter Center at eleven. Like it's kind of where I went with that.
0: Well, see, but around the horn, uh, PTI, pardon the interruption, those types, they're all right. You know, because right, I'm, but- I'm watching those for the debate. I'm watching those for the commentary. Uh, yeah, it was a banter back and forth.
1: All right, but it's not all right as a format for every show. Like, don't give me the same format with a new name. Like, it seemed like that's where it was going about the mid-2000s.
0: Right. I, I definitely see your point there. But when it comes to ESPN, I want to see the highlights. I want to know what happened in sports. I don't yeah. want the song and dance. Exactly.
1: I want the news. Give me the news in sports.
2: Oh, okay. So you're saying it's more of an issue because it's at the 6 o'clock spot where traditionally SportsCenter used to be? You want to, if you're tuning in at six o'clock to ESPN, you don't want to watch a fucking, a sports culture and entertainment show. You want to watch the hard news. Give me the scores. Give me the highlights. Sports Center.
1: In general, if I have my TV on at six p.m. on a weekday, I'm looking for information in general. Like I don't start like pleasure viewing till like you know post seven p.m. Yeah, you know, that's just where I'm at. But ha, the TV for news, ha.
0: Well. the... The, it'll the be show's antiquated soon.
1: Center at six. Yeah, but also we had, we get this conversation. But also, give me the real news. Like, don't don't lead with the women's NCAA tournament and tell me that's the top story for the day. But that's another story for another day, or something we've already talked about too. Like, give me the real things that happen. I know it's slow because really, the news of the day, unless there's any front office moves, really doesn't happen until the games happen. But I don't know. I'm just. I, I, I I want information from my media. I don't want entertainment, and they're they're starting. Well, they're not starting. They've crossed over, but and we're starting to veer towards more the entertainment factor. I mean, look at look. We're looping it way back around to the beginning of the show. Look at what we were talking about with the whole situation with Cleveland and Jimmy Garoppolo and Adrian Peterson in Minnesota. Like they're more concerned now about being first than right. I situation that happened kind of along the same time frame kevin durant and initially it comes out oh he's out indefinitely and then the next day it's like oh no hey, check back four weeks should be all right but okay well that being said it's it's, it's, a, it's a slowish time of year it, it's not like we were, we were struggling to find things it's just it's, it's not, not much happening i mean nba and nhl are uh but the men are separating from the boys as far as who's going to make the playoffs. Red Wings is a good run. Uh, it's going to be wild before anyone else beats it. Good job on that, but we're done there. Pistons, where, are they in the bubble? Are they, are they? Are the Pistons even in the realm of the playoff conversation? Do we know? I'm looking up real quick. Um, Click on NBA standings. Uh, Well, hey, Pistons being the number seven spot in the Eastern Conference right now. Look at that. All right. Ahead of the Chicago Bulls. Tied. Oh, yeah. Same record. But there we go. All right. It's possible. But so, yeah, did all that, too. Just, yeah, verify. Slower time of year. But, I mean, spring training is going to be around I mean, baseball. We're doing a bracket next week. March Madness will be in full full swing. And then, obviously, the uh, start of baseball season's right around the corner. Uh, NFL training camp will be soon. I mean, lots, lots of good things coming up. Dog days of summer ahead of us, though. But we don't want to get ahead. First anniversary of the show coming up. Uh, thanks, everybody, who's been listening. Um, March, or I'm sorry, February. Uh, bigger than January uh, so we just keep topping that b- uh, bigger month ever so you're listening you're liking you're sharing uh, we are at Sporgy Podcast on Twitter we are at uh, Sporgy underscore podcast on Instagram Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net uh, if you want to email the show uh, make sure you go to ChristopherMedia.net uh, click on leave a review it takes you right through to all ChristopherMedia podcasts uh, you can rate the show leave a comment that's how you help tell people about us Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week, guys.
0: All right, later. Later, y'all. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching
2: for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.